You are listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with me, Trip Kramer. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the How to Talk to Girls podcast. I'm your host, Trip Kramer from tripadvice.com. On today's episode, we're talking about rejection. And I know that a lot of men fear rejection. And in fact, I'll tell you a little story. I remember when I was just learning how to meet women. So we're in about 2007, 2008. And I just got out of college. I just moved to Los Angeles. Online dating was not even a thing. Barely, at least. There was no swiping. I had very little opportunities with women. I wasn't even able to meet really any women where I worked, which I know I always say don't meet women at work. But at that point, I was interested in meeting women anywhere. And at that time, if you wanted to make something happen with women, you had to meet women either through your social circle, which I had none because I just moved to a new city, or you had to go out. You had to approach women. You had to talk to women at bars, at clubs during the day. But no, 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 sir. I was not interested in that. That was the absolute last resort that I could think of to ever put myself out there because it was scary. I feared rejection. But it's interesting because at that time, I never knew that I feared rejection. I always just said to myself, I fear approaching, talking to women. It was so scary for me. But then eventually, through an interesting course of events, I ended up finding this meetup group, not an official meetup.com group, but a bunch of guys who would get together weekly and talk about their issues and also their adventures in going out and meeting women, almost like a support group. But back in the day, they called it a pickup lair which is funny because it sounds a lot creepier and scarier than it really was because it was really just a bunch of guys sitting in a circle talking about how they can get over their fear of rejection. And I ended up meeting some really great guys there, like really nice guys, down-to-earth dudes. And there was this one guy who was much ahead of me. And he was able to approach women. He was able to be social in really tough environments like bars and, and and loud bars at that. So I remember after being in this support group or lair for a month or so, I knew deep down inside I had to get over this fear. I had to do something. So what I ended up doing was I called up one of the guys in the group, the guy who I just talked about, who was not as nervous when he was going up and talking to women. I said, listen, man, would you go out with me tonight? I just need someone to be there to help me do this. And he said, dude, no problem. By the way, this was like a maybe a Thursday night or something like that. We went to a bar on the UCLA campus and this place was packed. Tons of people in there. And I was doing this sober, so I was not drinking anything. So he gets there, I get there, we go to the bar, we grab a drink. The drink, of course, was water. And he's like, all right, man, just watch what I do, follow my lead, and see what happens here. So 
he starts going around, talking to people, cheersing people, putting out a lot of energy. And I was just floored. To me, in that moment, to see someone do that, someone who also was sober, and just be so energetic, blew my mind. So I just kind of followed him around. I was sort of doing the same thing, but barely. And then finally, we go up to the upstairs part of the bar where there's still some more people, but it's a little bit more relaxed. And he said, okay, there's a group over there. Just go over, cheers them, say hi to them, see what happens. So it was a group of about three girls and one guy. And I remember I go over there, scared out of my wit. And I said, hey, what's going on? And they all look at me like I was crazy. And I tried to continue the conversation and they were giving me such a strange look that I just, I had to get out of there. So I ejected myself and I remember, man, I can't believe it. You know, my first approach of this night and it goes terribly. Years later, I realized the only reason why it was a terrible approach was only because of my mindset. So what does that mean? That means that I interpreted that approach as something that was bad because I was looking for people's reactions. Everything I was doing all my life in every sense of the way was looking for people's reactions. And this is where the mindset comes in. If we're going out, talking to people, hell, I'll go even deeper with this. If we are living our lives, always looking for approval, always looking for the reaction, the positive reaction from the people that we talk to, you're going to get yourself in a lot of trouble. You're going to be really in the nice guy category. Because the nice guy, the typical nice guy, he's looking for positive reactions. That's why when he's talking to people, he never wants to really say his opinion. He doesn't want to rock the boat at all. He wants to have a positive reaction because a negative reaction means what? Means that people don't like him. And as a former nice guy, we don't want people not to like us. That's the worst thing. That's our kryptonite. That completely kills us. So we need positive reactions all the time. But let me give you a little hint. Life is not full of positive reactions. I think we know that. And the game of life is not to try to get as many positive reactions as possible. I know that sounds kind of crazy. Like, what do, what do you mean? So what are we supposed to do? Get negative reactions? Of, positive reactions are, are good, right, Trip? No? Well, listen, okay, obviously there's some exceptions, right? When it comes to your work, you're going to want positive reactions. I mean, depending, maybe sometimes you don't. I don't know. It depends on your work. For example, my work, I put out a lot of content. You think I get positive reactions all the time? No, not at all. I get a lot of negative reactions. There's a lot of people who disagree with what I have to say. And they're very vocal about it on uh, TikTok and Instagram and YouTube and all that. But that's okay. I'm not looking for positive reactions. So that's just 
the work area. Maybe for you, it's different. You have a boss, you have to get positive reactions, but outside of work, if we're always looking for positive reactions, if we're always trying to get positive reactions, I can guarantee you are being fake. You're not being real. You're molding yourself into a man who's doing things to get that positive reaction or to really avoid the the negative reaction, right? All the same thing. So I want you to start to create a new mindset for yourself that says, I'm not trying to get any reaction at all. I just want to go talk to people, talk to women, and I want to just have an enjoyable time for myself. Because if I'm having an enjoyable time, everything will go the way it needs to be. And when I was going out and I did that first approach and I went over and I talked to those girls and that guy, what was I doing? I wasn't having fun and they could probably clearly tell. I don't remember exactly because this was over 15 years ago. I don't remember exactly. I do remember actually exactly how they reacted. I don't remember I mean, you could have asked me even five minutes later, like how I said what I said and and what I was thinking. I don't know. I was too scared. I don't, I don't remember. But I guarantee that when I went over there, I probably was awkward because I was so uptight, because I was so scared. And that's fine. I'm not coming down on myself. I'm going to be actually be the opposite. I'm going to be kind to myself here because I know that I was nervous. I know that this was tough. And that's all right. That's what you have to go through in the very beginning. But in the very beginning, I'd like us all to start with avoiding this feeling of trying to get a positive reaction and more of a feeling of enjoying the moment, which by the way, to bring this full circle, that's exactly what my buddy was doing, wasn't he? He was going around. He was cheersing people. He was saying, what's up? I didn't know it at the time because he wasn't really saying it to me. He wasn't explaining the theory. We were just kind of in the bar. But he was just trying to produce a fun time. For who? For himself. He was trying to produce the fun time for himself. And that is the key. And here's why this is genius. Because when your goal is to have fun, and enjoy yourself, and enjoy the interactions that you're having with women. If your priority is you, then your your priority is clearly not them, which means you don't care about a reaction. And the secret is, is that when that happens, you end up getting a positive reaction. But again, I want to be careful because that's not what we're trying to do here. Because here's the reality of life. Some people are going to like you. Some people are not going to like you. In fact, if you're being your true self and just trying to enjoy the moment, you might have some people who don't like you. They might be envious of that. But deep down inside, they just want to be like you, carefree. But yeah, you might end up secretly annoying some people. I think that in life, I know this is going to sound pretty dark, and I don't want it to at all. I'm not trying to be uh, negative or dark by any means. Just more of my theory here is that 
most people just, you're not going to like most people. Most people aren't going to like you. It's just kind of how it goes. And as you get older, you're going to have less and less patience for people. That's why you see a lot of grumpy old people walking around. They've lived life, they've lived life for so long. They're, they're over it. They're over the, the hassle of things, right? But that's okay. Again, it's fine. Now, I don't know. I, I, I vary, right? Sometimes I go through days where I'm like not liking people. And then sometimes I go through days where I just love everyone. It changes. But that's okay. You don't need everyone to like you. You only need in life good relationships with your family if it's possible. I know it's not possible for everybody. But if it's possible, good relationships with your family and your extended family would be great. You want a a group of close friends. You don't need many, by the way. Less than five super close buddies. And in terms of women, you really don't need any female friends. If you have a couple, fine, but it's not necessary. And then all you need is either one woman to say yes to you to get married. That's one woman. Or if you're looking to just have casual relationships and you want to sleep around, I don't know how many women can you actually sleep around with over the course of your life. If you really put a lot of effort into it, a couple hundred. And that might be a lot. It might be like, whoa, trip, that's a couple hundred. Dude, that's a lot. Yeah, it's definitely a lot of people to sleep with. But think about that number for a second. The number 200. That's nothing in the scheme of just numbers. How many people you walk across every day and how many people you you see on social media. I mean, it's nothing. You don't need many relationships in your life. So you don't need every single person to like you. You don't need to get a positive reaction from every single person. It's just not necessary. What's more necessary and more important than anything in the world is that you're having fun. Because you know what the opposite of fear is? Well, there's a few, there's a few ways. People put this in a lot of different ways, but I, I think in, in to stay with the theme of this podcast, I think the opposite of fear is fun. Fear doesn't really have a place when it's fun. Fun can overpower the fear. You're more focused on a good time. Now, here's the thing. You might feel a little anxious because we do sometimes feel anxious because we get excited, right? There's times when, I don't know if you remember this. Do you remember when you were a kid and you were, you know, 10, 11, 12, maybe even eight or nine and your birthday was there and you had this kind of like anxious feeling, but it was excitement, but it was like, oh my God, it's my birthday and I'm going to get a lot of attention today and it's going to be fun. And you were all excited, but anxious. That's not fear. That's excitement. So yes, you might always feel a little tinge of of anxiety or being anxious. But that's okay. As long as we're excited, as long as we're having a good time, rejection is no match for this new mindset of not trying to please everybody, but trying to make ourselves happy, trying to have a good time. Because then rejection doesn't matter. Who cares about rejection if you're just having a ball? So why not when you go out and you start doing your approaches and you're talking to women, 
why not go out there instead of trying to get a number or even trying to, you know, do a certain amount of approaches? Why not instead just go, hey, you know what? I'm just going to have fun. I'm going to have a good time. I'm going to enjoy talking to women because let's be honest, we we enjoy talking to attractive women. I remember when I first started TripAdvice and every single weekend I was taking guys out. I was taking guys out and I would have them approach anyone we could, right? So girls that were attractive, girls that were not attractive, like I was doing my absolute best to just get them to talk to anyone because they were super nervous. And I'd get pushback sometimes from some guys who said, no, I I really don't want to approach anyone who's not attractive. I only want to approach attractive women. I said, listen, man, if we just walk around all day and only approach women that you're super attracted to, you're only going to approach less than five people and that's not going to get you better. And they said, yeah, I understand, but it's just not as fun. It's more exciting. And so I get it. I totally get it. So I want to learn a couple things from this. One, first of all, I still don't want you to be going out and only talking to attractive women if you're trying to practice approaching because you might not talk to enough women. So exercise A, try to find the fun in just talking to women who are not that attractive or not ones that you're attracted to. Make it a little goal to just have fun and and have some laughs or just practice some fun approaches and say some silly things. Okay, then B, also, yeah, utilize. I like utilizing the excitement factor of talking to these beautiful women instead of I'm so fearful because some men are more scared to talk to the ones that are more attractive. But you know and I know when you go over there and you start talking to them, you start chit-chatting away and you think she's cute and you have this initial attraction towards her. It's way more fun. It's way more interesting. You like it. You enjoy it. Of course you do. You're a man. So how do we access, though, that part? How do we access the more fun part? Right? That more fun part instead of, you know, being so nervous and so focused on their reaction. Where can we access that part of your brain, that mindset moving into this? That's what I want you to be thinking about. And I want the same thing, by the way, to happen during a date. Okay, this is all, this is all something called almost self-amusement. This is part of entertainment in my TED formula. So for those of you who are new here, I have a formula for attraction. The acronym is TED. It stands for Tension, Entertainment, and Dominance. And right now, this is E, Entertainment. It's about having a fun and interesting conversation. And I want you to be careful because it's not about entertaining her. It's about having a fun and engaging, interesting conversation, which mostly is going to be fun for you. Because if you're not having fun, she won't be having fun. The law of state transfer, my friends, people pick up on the energies that you put out. So if you're, if, so for example, like me in that bar 15 years ago, when I was scared and I was trying to socialize with these strangers, I guarantee they picked it up. 
But if you're like my friend at the time who was just going out, smiling, cheersing, having a good time, you're like, all right, this guy's cool. You start to feel good inside. You start to feel happy. So your interactions with women should have that uplifting and positive feeling. Again, careful. We can really get caught in the game of trying to see if she's having fun and seeing if is she reacting, is she reacting to my positive energy? Right? Got to be thinking about that. About really avoiding that. <laughs> right? We're not trying to get that reaction. How do we make it fun for ourselves? So that's the question I want you to take away from, from this episode. How do we make it fun? How do we make this a good time? Where can we access that attitude, that mindset, that energy? What would make it fun for you? We do that and everything changes. Your entire mood changes. Your results will change. It will be a game changer. And don't worry, I, this is not something you're expected to get right on the first time. This is going to take a few times. You're going to have to go out. You're going to have to feel this out. You're going to have to learn this a little bit. You're going to have to get yourself in that state. But let me tell you something. There is nothing better, funny enough, to get you into that good mood, that positive state, than actually just doing the approaches. So that night when I went out with my buddy, as far as I remember, I don't think I talked to anyone else that night. But you know what? I walked away and I was proud of myself. I was proud of myself. And one thing that I could have done to be even more proud of myself would have been to just keep going. So again, I was proud of myself. I did a good job. I did what I could that night. But later on, I, I realized as I would go out and approach more women that once I would at least talk to a few groups of people or a few women, you start to get into that energetic, happy state. Back in the day, when I was learning from pickup artists, they called it getting into state right? Or I would say short for that is state of mind. So you get into this state where you almost feel drunk. It's really weird, but it happens. You feel drunk. It's, it still happens to me. Whenever I'm doing something super social and I'm not drinking and I'm enjoying myself and having a good time, I get into this state. You start to feel fearless, there was this one night I went out. This was now maybe a, several months, several months after this night where I went to this popular lounge club kind of place. It's called the Green Door. It doesn't even exist anymore. Or it does, but it's called something different because they rebrand clubs every six months in LA. But it was called the Green Door. And I remember going, it was a hot spot. And I just started approaching and after maybe four or five approaches, boom, I was in state. And I just felt amazing. And I felt like nothing could break my mood. And guess what? Nothing did break my mood. I was 100% sober and I was approaching the, the most attractive women in that bar. And that night, I remember even meeting Mystery, famous pickup artist who was really, really big on the scene and, and the coaching, dating coaching scene many years ago. He had the VH1 show. Nice guy. I met him and Matador, his buddy. 
And yeah, he was, she showed me a magic trick. I think he was really high. He said something like he smokes a lot of weed. But anyway, that was a great night. Not because I met mystery, but because I was in this wonderful state of just being open and relaxed and socializing. And it doesn't happen right when you walk in the venue. It takes a little bit. And by the way, the opposite can happen. You can get into an opposite state. So if you go into a social place and you don't socialize for a long time, which by the way, that's what happened in the original story I told you today, you don't end up approaching for a while. You start to go into a negative state because you're not doing the thing that you want to do. Fear starts to set in even more. You start to get more anxious. You're waiting too long. That's why the ultimate thing you can do when you walk into a venue to socialize or any party to socialize is start socializing right away. That is crucial because if you don't do that, you start to sink into a hole and then you have to climb yourself out. So it takes a bit to climb yourself out of that. And we don't want it to be harder for you. We want it to be easy for you. But I promise you will get to a point where it will start to work for you as long as you stay persistent, stay in the game, keep pushing yourself, keep working through the mindset, keep working through the rejection mindset, trying to get into this positive state, trying to enjoy yourself, e-entertainment. Remember that. You know, my coaches on staff here, we help with all of this. We work with you through this mindset. We hold you accountable, tell you exactly where to go, how many women to talk to, how many groups to talk to, how to flirt, how to understand more, how to get into that great state. We teach all this. Don't hesitate. If you need help, go to tripadvicecoaching.com. We can work with you one-on-one. We can show you the ropes of how to approach. We can also help you with your online dating profile to make sure that you get matches, to make sure that you get dates, to help you with the mindset on the dates too. My coaches right now are working magic. The guys that join our program get insane results and we make sure of it. And our guarantee is we will work with you until you do. So you will walk away happy. TripAdvicecoaching.com. If you need more help, if you want to do this on your own, you can do that too. It depends on how fast you want it done. But I'll tell you this much. Go one of the routes. Whether you're working and coaching with us or doing this by yourself, do something. Don't just listen to this podcast and let it be another podcast that you just listen to for entertainment because you're bored on your drive to work or it's something that empowers you but does nothing to you. I want you to make the change. I really enjoy when I hear from you guys who DM me on Instagram and say that not only that you like the podcast, but that you got results, that you got a girlfriend from it, that you're talking to girls, that you're enjoying yourself finally, that this has become a process that you can actually like. That's what makes me the most happy. Seeing you guys get results from the material. So go out there, make it happen. And of course, if you need more help, you can always go to tripadvicecoaching.com. Check that out, link in the show notes if you need some personal help. All right, what do you say we get into some Q&A? 
Guys have been emailing in their questions. You can email me as well. Trip at tripadvice.com. Put in the subject line podcast question and I'll be here to help you like we're going to do right now with Sam. Hey, Trip, listening to your great videos and podcasts has been a great help. I can now get the date. I can kiss her on the first date and get two or three dates. I'm getting pretty good up to here. But then they lose interest, ghost me, or make up excuses to leave. But what could be going wrong at date two or three to not get any more dates or anything more than kissing and fondling in public? Is this a common problem? How can you prevent it? Thanks, Sam. Okay, this is one of the more tough questions, but I still like to do my best to answer it. Why I say it's tough is because I I can't see exactly what you're doing on date two or three that might be turning her off. So we don't have much intel. I don't have much intel to go over to see what you might be doing. So I'd be doing your best to pay attention to that. However, there are some things that we can do without getting all the details. By the way, this is something that we help in coaching. When you're joining a coaching program that we have and you're working with a coach, you can go over in great detail exactly how the date went. And then we can pick and see what you were doing incorrectly or should be doing more of specifically to you to get past these dates. So without that information, it's a little tough. But I will say this, you said, what could be going wrong at date two or three to not get any more dates or anything more than kissing and fondling in public? Well, if you're getting to the stage of kissing and fondling in public, I don't know why by date three, you guys aren't back at your place. So you should have an opportunity or at least be asking her to go back to your place for date three to have dinner, right? My date sequence, date one, drink slash mocktail, date two, dinner, date three, your place for dinner. And date two, if you're able to bring her back, bring her back. So I hope that you're creating opportunities to get more physical with her because when you get more physical with her, she's going to get more invested in you and she's going to want to stick around longer. Now, on date two or date three, or between those dates, I wonder if you're getting needy. I wonder if you're getting needy, if you're getting too attached. I wonder if you're saying something or doing something that on those dates, you're pushing them away because they think that you're needy or desperate. That's the only thing I could come up with without knowing any of the details. So that might be the case. Or, so here's a few options for you. I mean, it sounds like you are kissing and there's fondling, I guess. But if that's not really happening, happening, are you flirting enough? Are you making that deeper connection with them? Or do you, or hey, maybe you're not reading the room. Maybe you're seeing more, you're seeming more like a fuckboy and she doesn't want to see you anymore. Because you're going that kissing, fondling route too fast. Maybe you're pushing it too fast. So I think that there could be an issue with reading the room. Reading the situation at hand. That situation being that you're either being too pushy, too needy, 
You're not being flirty enough. You're ending up in the friend zone. Which is it? We don't know. Try to work through some of that. See if that helps. See if you can recognize any of those things happening on dates two or three. Otherwise, highly recommend trying to work through a coach, having a third party help you out here. Sam, hope that helps. That's as best as I can do. That's why, guys, I like it when you give me as many details as possible because then I can help you as much as possible. Here's Valley from Romania. How do I manage not to look creepy when I'm going all alone to the clubs and bars? I don't like to dance, and it seems a little odd just to go there alone and do nothing while the other people are with their groups of friends. When I go out with my friends, I don't do the approaches because I stay with them, and that's why I want to go alone. In this way, I don't have any distractions, but I'm afraid to look like a creep. Thank you, Valley from Romania. Okay, great question. So, yeah, I get it. When you go out, yeah, you're right. It happened to me too. When I go out with my friends, you don't do approaches because you want to stay with them. So the solution here is correct. You're doing it correct. You are going out alone. You have to remember something. Guys, listen up here. When you go out, when you go out with your friends especially, are you scanning around and looking at people and watching their every move like you just hone in on one person and just follow them? I mean, I don't know. Maybe you do that with a cute girl or something like that. But just in general, are you paying attention to a, to a lot of people? No, of course you're not. You got loud music, you got lights, you're with your friends, maybe you're drinking, lots of stimulation, lots of things going on. So Valley, and for anyone else who's going out alone, people aren't looking at you. You're only creepy if you're perceived as creepy. And by the way, you're also only creepy if you're doing something creepy and you're not. So I don't know where this comes from. This is all a mindset. This is the same thing as like feeling awkward, right? It's like, yeah, you're creepy once you think you're creepy and you're awkward once you think you're awkward or things feel awkward. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy in a way. So don't worry so much about looking like a creep. And guess what's going to make you look like less of a creep, which is the goal anyway, Valley? Talking to people. So if you're alone and you go to the bar and you walk in and you start talking to people, Instantly, it looks like you just have friends. You're talking to people. And also, just because you're walking around, who knows? You may be going to find your friends. Like You may be going to the bathroom. Again, people are not perceiving it in the same that way that you are because no one assumes that you're alone, which brings me to my next point. If you go up and approach a group of people or a group of girls, you start talking to one girl, which is what you should be doing anyway. You should just be finding one girl to talk to and then go talk to her. She's just going to assume that your friends are there. They magically assume that. And then if they ask you, are you here alone? Are you with your friends? You can just tell them the truth. Yeah, I came out alone tonight. Just wanted to get out. My friends my friends didn't want to go out tonight. So I went, I went out. Women will not think that's creepy. Maybe, I mean, creepy is not even the word. I don't know. Maybe a few might see it as odd, but mostly... They're not going to care because that's a really cool thing to do. 
Like, wow, they're going to be shocked at that. They're going to, you're going to be more interesting to them than any other guy in the bar in that exact moment when you tell them that you came out alone. You can just say the reason why, not to go out and hit on a bunch of girls, but you just wanted to go out and socialize. You want to get out. You didn't want anyone holding you back. So here we are. And then you switch topics and you start talking about something else. And by the time a girl says that to you, I guarantee you've been talking to her for at least five minutes and you've started, you probably started to build attraction already. Guarantee it. You've started to build that attraction because she would have rejected you by now. So you're in a good place. You look confident. You look powerful. The person who is creepy or weird or has that loser mentality or awkward, that's the guy who stays at home. Not the guy who's out socializing, being fun, being cool. So, Valley, take what I said earlier today. Okay, take what I said about having the fun mindset. Bring that to the club. And trust me, you will no longer be a creep. All right, Adrian. Oh, Adrian, what's up, man? He said, former client here. Okay, I remember Adrian. What's up, brother? Former client Adrian here. This situation happens to me often, and it is baffling to me and very frustrating. The premise is, knowing a girl is interested in me, but still not being able to close, go on a date with her. Here's a likely scenario I'll find myself in. So I'll go out country dancing, as one does in Austin, Texas, and a girl will be interested in me. How do I know she's interested? She's giving me great eye contact, asking my age, eye contact throughout the night, asking me questions, etc. After we dance once or twice, I'll talk to her a little, get her number, text her the next day, and ask her out. But then I won't get a response, or she says she's busy. Question is, WTF is going on? What the fuck is going on? She was clearly attracted to me. Why is she not wanting to go on a date? I have two reasons I've thought of. I must either not building enough attraction when we talk, or I must be saying something she doesn't like in that time. It's just a numbers game, and it is what it is. And obviously, how do I improve the closing percentage? Thanks, Adrian. So you're right. It is it is a numbers game. No pun intended. When you're getting numbers, right? When you're getting numbers, it's going to be a numbers game. You have to remember, too, when you're going out to places like this and they're drinking a lot, you know, they're really in the emotions of the moment there. So they're really heavy into the emotions of the moment. So that means that their emotions the next day when you're texting them are totally different because women are more emotional, men are more logical. You're like, hey, I talked to her. I liked her. I'm going to ask her out. She should just say, yes, we had a good time. She's thinking, I mean, a million different things. I don't know. I don't know who that guy was. Yeah, we danced. Maybe he said this thing. Oh, I got to go to work now. I'm on my period now. Okay, I I should maybe be talking to this other guy. I have, I'm hungover. I have anxiety. I don't know. A million different things that she's thinking in that next moment. She's in a whole new set of emotions the next day. But I get that you're not looking to hear that. You want to know how do you improve your closing percentage. So I would try a few things. I would try deeper flirting. So maybe you're talking to her, but if she's really giving you 
those indicators of interest, then why not try to take it a little bit further? Why not try to isolate her in the bar, talk to her more, be a little bit more physical, maybe even go for a kiss? That's one thing that you can do. Now, that really goes along with what you're saying is you're probably not building up enough attraction. And I think that that's what's happening. Or, you know, you're not talking to enough women. I mean, if you do, if you, the odds are, I mean, if you go out, let's say, I don't know, you know, a couple times a week for two to three weeks, and you're really zoning in on one or two girls in that entire time, that's really a low number. I got to be honest with you. It is still a very low number. You know, that's like six or seven women. So are you really getting the numbers in? I mean, I'd be talking to and flirting with four to six girls in one night and trying to get the numbers of those women in one night. At that point, then you'll start seeing some real results, right? So that is what's going to happen. But still, that's just the numbers part of it. That's the that's the quantity, but we need that quality. We need that quality of interaction. So be, and by the way, you said something like, you might be saying something that she doesn't like. It's hard to pinpoint what that might be. The only way you could do that is see if the interaction starts to go sour at a point and you start seeing less indicators of interest. You know, see if that starts to happen as you are saying certain things. Now, I know that's funny because that sounds like the opposite of this entire episode where I said, don't look for the reaction. This is more advanced. Okay, this is to the point where you can read how she's feeling in order to then escalate. Not nice guy looking for reaction kind of stuff. It's just a see and, and vibe of where she's at so you know how you're building the attraction in the time that you're talking. I know, I gotta keep plugging this, but in the Trip Advice Coaching Program, we do have something really cool. We help you record these approaches so then we can actually listen in and hear what's going on and what you're doing and give you direct feedback. So Adrian, you might wanna come back and, and work with us a little bit to, to get some of this part handled. But for now, focus on more of that intense flirting, isolate her, so you guys can have more of a connection. You know, dancing is great and all, but people just dance. I mean, if you go even into other cultures, into other co- countries, men and women are dancing all the time. And even if it looks flirty or sexual, it's just dancing. It's not really connecting. So if you're dancing too much, maybe that's making you feel like that's some sort of connection. But in reality, it's just dancing. So you want to talk more, you want to flirt more, you want to be with her in an area where you guys can connect. Are you doing that? Are you doing that? And are you getting those numbers up? Think about all those things. See if you can piece some of that together. Start to implement that. Come back here. Let us know how it worked. If you want to get your questions answered, email me, trip at tripadvice.com. We're here for you. We're here to help you. I want to answer your questions. If you need more help than that, tripadvicecoaching.com is where you go to learn more about our coaching program. Hope this episode helped. I really enjoyed speaking to you on this topic. It's one that I'm very passionate about, as you know, because I'm just like you. I went through this whole process. I learned how to do this. I am literally no different than uh, than you who's listening because I had to learn this and uh, 
luckily you have a podcast. I didn't have any podcasts to listen to. I had some really low res, uh, low quality videos that I torrented, which I feel ashamed of, but I had no money when I was 22 years old to just learn anything I could about meeting women. And unfortunately, a lot of those didn't even help. So consider yourself lucky. You have so many resources available, but resources, again, don't matter unless you're going out there and putting it into practice. So do it. Sound good? Deal? Talk to you on the next episode.